Hello and welcome to the FIBA World Cup postgame show. USA defeats Czechoslovakia. I'm David Locke along with John Corrales from the Locked On Podcast Network. John hosts Locked On NBA for you every Wednesday. I host it every Thursday. I also host Locked On Jazz. John hosts Locked On Celtics. USA wins it 88-67 to in the opening game of the pool play. Um, John, what were your opening, what were your overall impressions of what you saw so far? Uh, I thought they recovered very well from a slow start in the first quarter. They didn't know how to handle the zone that the Czech Republic was throwing at them at first. They were settling for a lot of jumpers. Uh, I thought defensively early on, they were getting lost a little too often. Uh, Miles Turner bailed them out a couple of times with some uh, highlight block shots. But once you get into the second quarter and they started attacking the seams of that 2-3 zone, you start seeing cuts back door. Uh, then you started to see the team uh, start to pull away. Uh, that's where Jason Tatum had his big stretch taking over in the second quarter. Uh, and once once they blew that lead open, the Czech Republic's just not good enough to come back. And then you saw guys start taking turns. Kemba had his run. Donovan Mitchell had his run. And uh, they cleaned things up. I'm still not really happy with where the United States team is overall, but they recovered nicely after a slow start, I thought. It's a good It's a good way to say it. I, I think anybody who had the hope um, that you were going to suddenly play this game and all of a sudden all the concerns and worries and feeling that, you know, a dominant USA team was going to suddenly show up, I don't think that happened. Like, I, I don't think we saw some performance that suddenly made you say, oh, well, this is going to be an easy World Cup, Serbia, France, whoever it might be, won't be a problem. But I do think, to your point, the first three plays of the second quarter showed what they can do. You, the first play, they're in a 3-2 or 2-3 or 3-2 zone. I couldn't really tell. Jalen Brown breaks it. The seams just athletically blows the zone up on a ball movement from one side to the other. Check had been trying to go at Kemba Walker a little bit and posted him up. Help defense came and swarmed, and the athleticism was overwhelming. And then, uh, you know, then I think uh, Kemba, then the next play down, they, I think Brown might have hit something or Kemba hit something. Good Celtic combination as they were to start the game with their first seven points of the game were all Celtics. But that little sequence kind of busted the game open, and then they cruised because it was 17-14 at the end of one, and frankly, Czech Republic went on a 10-0 run in the first quarter that certainly made you feel like, uh-oh, this USA team is very vulnerable. Yeah, that, that was not a good feeling for those of us, myself included, who thought that once they started getting into this feeble World Cup play, that some things would tighten up. Uh, I think they played a little too fast early on. They were settling for those shots uh, very early in the shot clock. There was no ball movement. Once you started to see the ball move, then things started to get more fluid. You started to see more assists. That play you're talking about with Jalen cutting back door, you know, that's a very easy way to bust the zone to get a pass from the middle of the, the lane into those seams, and everybody starts to collapse. You start sending guys back door that way, attacking, uh, then the zone just becomes useless. Uh, zone is great for high school. Zone is great for, like, lower-level college. At this level, you should be able to bust the zone really, really easily. And uh, I think there might have been a little bit of overconfidence. There might have been a little bit of even nerves uh, early on where you started to see those jumpers. A lot of long twos. Uh, you saw Miles Turner right away, first shot of the game, uh, on an ISO play taking a jump shot. That's not going to cut it. And, and if the uh, if Team USA continues to do that, like they'll get through this stage. They're playing Turkey next. They, they're in the stage with Japan. 
you're not going to have any problems with this stage. Uh, when you start to face teams with the better players, that's where uh, these mistakes that they make are, are, are going to be very, very tough to rebound from. But look, Thomas Sadoransky was at times the best player on the floor, and he's Thomas Sadoransky, who I like, but still, when you face the Giannis and the, the Jokic's of the world, it's going to be a much, much different ballgame. David Locke along with John Corrales here. We're live on Twitch. We're live on Periscope. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. And we have a chat room open for all of you. So feel free to jump on in. Send us any questions about the game uh, or any thoughts on what you have on the game as well to interact with us on the live stream uh, chat room. So please do. Uh, you mentioned it, uh, Thomas Sadoransky. Uh, Wizard fans have to be kicking themselves. If we did a segment of which fan base should be most pleased in the NBA of what they saw today, I think it'd be the Chicago Bulls. Who who actually did have a quietly good offseason, I think more so than anyone realizes. Thomas Sadoransky, as the lead dog for this Czechoslovakia team or Czech Republic team, was terrific. I mean, he he was breaking down the defense early. The game swung when he went out. The game swung a little bit for the U.S. when Kemba went out early. Kemba went out early, and the U.S. looked like they had no idea what they were doing. That's when Czech went on their 10-0 run. But then when Sadoransky left, everything fell apart completely for... Uh, the Czech Republic, you're absolutely right. Sadoransky, guys couldn't stay in front of him. Jason Tatum picked up two fouls early on him. He was he was impressive, and I would have to say Bulls fans have to be ecstatic, and Wizards fans have to wonder yet again what might have taken place there. <laughs> we can we spent a lot of time making fun of the Wizards here because, uh, I mean, I was on Team Sato for uh, a couple of seasons here wondering why the Wizards didn't play him much. I thought Chicago had a low-key, really good offseason, and they're going to be a lot better than what they, uh, what a lot of people think. I, I think they're going to be, I don't know if a playoff team, but they're, they're not going to be that far away. Uh, Sadoransky well, did I mean, an amazing in the, job. In the junior varsity conference, that could be a playoff team. <laughs> they, well, you never know. I mean, that eighth seed's wide open. I think the one thing that Sadoransky really exposed is the pick and roll uh, deficiencies that this USA team had. Even in the third quarter when the game was essentially decided, uh, late in the third quarter, you saw Marcus Smart checking Sadoransky, and that's what Marcus Smart's here to do. He's here to kind of control the offense when Kemba or Donovan Mitchell aren't there. But defensively, he's supposed to be the guy that picks up the opposing team's hot guard. Like in that loss to the U.S. Uh, to Australia, he would have been if he was fully healthy and ready to go. He would have been on Patty Mills down the stretch, and that game might have been different if a healthy Marcus Smart was there. But how many times in this game did we see Marcus Smart checking Sadoransky and then get blasted with a pick and then then there's no help? It resulted in the Sadoransky dunk late in the game. Again, meaningless in terms of the final score, but that can't happen on, on this team. You can't have a guy working as hard as Marcus Smart did or whomever's going to be out there get blasted with a pick and then have nobody, nobody behind him. That's not going to cut it in the later rounds. USA wins at 88-67. Donovan Mitchell, 16.7 of 11 uh, from the field, 2 of 4 from 3 to lead the scoring. Uh, Harrison Barnes had 14 points. They used him in post-up. Kemba Walker had 13 on 6 of 8, shooting 1 of 3 from 3. He led the team with 4 assists. Balance assists, 5 guys had, or 6 guys had 2 or more. 
uh, in the ball game. Nobody was dominating rebounding. Miles Turner protected the rim a little bit, had seven uh, rebounds and two block shots, but just two of seven. I do appreciate Pop opening the game with an old school post up to Miles Turner, just so that Marcus Aldridge and DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, uh, you know, aren't concerned that Pop suddenly has joined the three point revolution. Yeah, right, right. No, there's no danger of that. Um, yeah, I, I think that there are going to be instances for the post-ups, but uh, I, I really like the the small ball options that Team USA have. I keep trying to say the Celtics, maybe out of habit, but there's so many Celtics on this team. Uh, they, they did run out there uh, a mostly Celtics team with Smart and Brown and uh, Tatum, but uh, I, think, I think ultimately they're going to be at their best when they run that small ball. Uh, it, but channeling what Marcus Smart said and what Miles Turner said the other day, it's got to come from the defense. I think they, they kind of got a little lucky in this opening game against a Czech Republic team that's turnover prone. Uh, they got to take advantage of those, those transition opportunities. Uh, I, I think that that's where this USA team is going to be its best. You got to shore up that defense you got to play that small ball. You got to get out and run, and really put the pressure with their depth on these teams uh, as they get out of the group stage. Well, the USA open concern, and we've touched on it a little bit, but just to go back to early in the ball game, if you want to find the thing that's going to concern you, I think it would have to be what we saw early, which was that dribble penetration that you've talked about. Why? Yeah. You know why? That, that's what jumped out to me a little bit is. How can it be that the USA is having a hard time with dribble penetration in this game? That didn't seem to me to make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I have to go back and, and do the rewatch to see exactly what was happening there. I, I think part of it is, like I said, a, a poor pick-and-roll defense. And part of it is also you're asking Kemba Walker and Donovan Mitchell to stay in front of guys. And while I think they are better defenders, especially like looking at Kemba Walker, uh better defenders than maybe they have a reputation for, uh, it's still not easy. And uh, I, I think that's where having uh, solid rotations is going to be the key. And, and it's one thing to have a guy blow by you. It's another thing to let him get all the way to the rim. And that's where uh, I think the Team USA team defense has to improve. Okay, so somebody beats Kemba, somebody beats Donovan Mitchell, that's going to happen. You're not allowed to hand check. So that's going to be something that happens, but somebody behind them has to step up and that guard has to rotate back and pick up, you know, help the person who's helping you. That's the stuff that's been missing. So I'm not necessarily concerned that some, some guards are able to turn the corner what I'm concerned about is that they're turning the corner and then getting all the way to the rim. Their, their progress isn't being impeded. There has to be a much stronger focus on the rotations and the communication. And that comes with familiarity. I mean, that's one of the, the pitfalls of a team that's been playing together for a month versus a team that's been playing together for a lot longer that has a lot more familiarity. You just got to have that communication and understanding, this is where I need my help to be. And then this is where I'm going to be. And, and the people, especially the bigs, whoever's in the back line, they have to be the big communicators. Those are the quarterbacks of the defense. That's what's really lacking here. You know, the thing that I think concerns me is Miles Turner had a huge impact in this ballgame because the Czech Republic didn't have any type of center that could pull him out. 
there was one play in which they did try to pull him out. Turner went, I think wasn't supposed to, and and they got to the rim. And then we saw Turner not leave that area later in the game. And in turn, when you do play a Jokic or if they play a team that is able to spread the floor a little bit and you don't have that, I think that's what's going to be um, a really interesting moment for all of this is to see how, they, how they're able to deal with that in, in that regard. Yeah, that's where I'm going to wonder how they use a guy like Jalen Brown, who's been used as a power forward a lot, who's strong and athletic, but obviously smaller. And I I wonder if they're going to try to use a guy like Jalen to guard some of those bigs. Like a guy like Jokic, I don't know how exactly you guard him. Do you put put Turner on him and pull him away? Or do you try to keep a, a rim protector there and you put a smaller guy because Jokic likes to play a little bit more face-up on the perimeter and try to bother him that way. And if they try to do, in the, do something like post Jokic up, then you do some sort of scram switch and try to, try to adjust that way. It's going to be real interesting. There are not a lot of great options. And if the Celtics – see, I did it. There you go. If the U.S. team is going to uh, have this, uh, this deficiency – they have to find creative ways to to make up for it. So it's 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 going to be very interesting to see what Popovich does. The um, we'll update you on some of the other games that are going on in our chat room. As I said, is open to you. So please feel free to jump aboard and join us live on multiple formats here on the uh, Locked On Live post game show. Um, getting some word from some of the other game from some of the fans around who, uh, as France has just pulled off a win over Germany in a 78-74 game that was a close one uh, today. That one had a little bit of excitement to it. France got to an early jump, and we'll check in. In, uh, Australia beat Canada earlier today as well. You you mentioned it earlier that early early it felt like everyone was just trying to find their groove. There was the 7-0 Celtic start of... I think Tatum, Brown, and Kemba did all the scoring, and maybe it was just Tatum. And and then eventually guys got going. Chris Middleton, who frankly looked completely out of yeah. sorts for a lot of the game, looked good in the fourth quarter. Donovan Mitchell, who was absent, um, I'm not sure in a negative way, just there was so much talent on the floor, he just kind of took a backseat early. He wasn't negative. Middleton actually looked out of place, uncomfortable trying to find himself in the first three quarters and then in the fourth uh, got going. Donovan got going in the third, really distributing. Did we see th- – that to me was a little bit of the sign of the positive thing, that uh, th- there just is that much talent. There's just that even without the top 20, whatever, 25 guys, you're still rolling through high-level guy, high-level guy, high-level guy at different points in time. Yeah, I mean, there there's definitely a – a take turns kind of mentality that, that can happen here. Uh, especially look, you, you had that second quarter where Tatum was hot and you're going to feed the hot hand. And he just had the right matchup, the right mentality. And he's, he was unbelievable in that second quarter. So other guys are going to take a little bit of a back seat. And then a guy like, you know, towards the end, Donovan Mitchell got rolling. You just keep getting him the ball. So there's going to be stretches where maybe one guy takes over. Uh, as long as there's no standing and watching, as long as it's an organic, Hey, swing the ball, work it around, and when it hits Donovan's hands, he's got the right matchup. He he knows exactly what to do with it. He's going to score three, four straight baskets. That's fine. What I hope doesn't happen for these guys is, oh, just force feed the hot hand. There's a difference between feeding the hot hand and force feeding the hot hand. You force feed it and stand around. This team does not have the type of players that's going to be able to go do that time and time again. Obviously, Mitchell is a great talent. A lot of these guys are great talents. But 
they're not the Kevin Durant's, LeBron James's of the world. They're not going to be able to go out there and consistently take over. If you do it within the flow of the offense, the ball will find the right guy. And there is a tendency with this much talent for it to be the same guy for stretches. I'd love to get your take on Chris Middleton because I'm surprised that it took him this long to start feeling it. I'm, I'm thrilled for the Team USA that he finally did. And maybe this is the type of performance, even though it was late in garbage time, that may help him kind of break out of things. Coming into this, especially in the early uh, exhibitions in Las Vegas and, and Los Angeles, I thought Middleton was going to be like a number one or number two option. And then he disappeared in all of the other FIBA exhibitions. I want to hear what you got to say about how you think this impacts him moving forward. Well, I think Bud uses him in Milwaukee if you kind of break it down in such a brilliant way. If you if you go check his usage rate, the minute Giannis goes off the floor, he uses almost every single possession that the team has. And so what Bud really does with him that I think is, is that smart is is able to find a way for him to be engaged at all time when and get those possessions. So we saw a few times, you know, hit the corner three, which he's just such a great shooter off of other people's actions. That's what he's doing. And then he checks out early in Milwaukee and comes back and then runs the whole second unit. I don't know that he gets that same situation with Team USA. They let him run the show a little bit as the primary guy in his methodical Brandon Roy-esque pacing that he's able to go with in that fourth quarter. And he looked very, very comfortable. He just looked out of sorts trying to figure out how he was playing off guys and a group of guys much more than the way Milwaukee usually plays with him. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that. And that's that's one of the adjustments on a team like this where you've got one through 12 guys who generally are used to getting a lot of the offense run through them. There's some notable exceptions. Like Joe Harris isn't going to be a high-usage guy. Marcus Smart, Mason Plumley, those guys. But, you know, you're looking up and down the line of guys who have the ball in their hands time and time again, even like Harrison Barnes in Sacramento. I mean, he has the ball in his hands a lot. A lot of these guys do. And the, the biggest key to this team's success might just be how well do you handle the, the drop in your usage and how can you adjust? And I think for Middleton, that's a great point. And, and can he be a catch-and-shoot kind of spread-the-floor kind of guy? I think he's going to be very, very important when you get to the knockout stage if they can't count on Chris Middleton, then they may have made a mistake keeping him on this roster. And, and you, you wouldn't say that coming in. Like, I thought he was an automatic. But if he can't adjust and, and perform and become a scorer without all of the useless stuff that you're talking about, that could end up being a, a decision that comes back to bite Team USA in the end. It'll be interesting to see. The, I thought the key – I actually thought one of the key guys to the game – today was Derek White. The first time Kemba went out of the game, I thought they looked really, really uncomfortable. The second time Kemba went out, Derek White played. So it will be curious as this goes on who these little pieces of the puzzle are that are so vital. You're saying you think it might be Middleton and and maybe in fact it will be to me the one today that was the key little piece to the puzzle was the Derek White piece the player you probably would have thought had the least impact of anyone but he broke the defense down he got them open looks he ignited that second quarter run a little bit yeah I, I think one of the keys here for the U.S. is to make sure that they always have two guards on the floor that can handle uh handle the ball and attack you can't take when you take Kemba and Donovan off you can't just have Smart and 
three wings and a big. You have to have somebody on there that can relieve the pressure of a trap and handle a ball and attack. And I think maybe early on where they had Smart, uh, Tatum, Brown, and I forget who else the bigs were, but um, they didn't quite have that same second attacker. And what White does give them is the ability to drive and attack. So I think that was a nice adjustment by Popovich, but that's going to be a key because if you only have one ball handler on there and a bunch of guys that are waiting for it, you're going to see a lot of trapping by the uh, opposition, and that's going to be a problem for uh, for the U.S. U.S. wins at 88-67. Nobody played more than 25 minutes. Donovan Mitchell led the way with 25. Marcus Smart played 21. Kemba played 18. Je- uh, the uh, USA team had four players in double figures. Donovan had 16, most of those in the second half. Harrison Barnes had 14, t- uh, 13 for Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum for 10. Walker was probably the obviously best USA player on the floor for most of the game, or at least the most impactful uh, player in the game. Jalen Brown played 18 minutes. Joe Harris was your plus-minus king at plus 19. Of course he was. Uh, Brooke Lopez played nine ineffective or just kind of impact, less than impactful minutes. Marcus Smart did his deal for 21 minutes. Jason Tatum was 4 of 11, and I thought Jason Tatum early looked brilliant. He hit two threes, continuing the good shooting he's had throughout this whole process. And then I thought he got his horse blinders on for a little while, where he once he beat a guy once or twice, he went right back to it. I thought to myself a little bit as a joke, John, he really is the next Carmelo Anthony. He's going to be an unbelievable oh. USA basketball player, but that was the most common... Uh, comp on him out of college or out of Duke in that single season. Uh, but I thought, you know, Jason was that, that shooting, I think has to have Celtic fans very excited Two of five from three he continues to show that, but there were those horse blinder drives that had him uh, last year, I believe is the lowest rated isolation player in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe with the score being what it was there, uh, there was a little bit of a lack of focus in that second quarter when it was close the uh, I think Tatum really was focused and, and made a lot of really great plays. I mean, he was constantly making the right play. The skip pass to Mitchell in the corner was an amazing look and something that Tatum is not really known for. So his ability to spot that pass and make that pass is bigger than even the three or the drives or anything like that that he was doing. Uh, I think Tatum has shown a, a better passing acumen in this FIBA in the run-up to this FIBA World Cup. Uh, I think that might be the most exciting thing for Celtics fans. In that second quarter, just the right decision-making, that transition three, stepping into it in rhythm, that baseline drive was was really, really good because it was a quick decision. And then you're right. I think maybe he was feeling himself a little too much, and that's something that he needs to get out of. It was a habit that he had all last year. As, as a Celtic, uh, just trying to get his own shot off. I think one thing that will benefit Tatum here is that exposure to Greg Popovich and that quick decision-making offense. Uh, getting into that habit and getting more into that habit is going to be very beneficial for Tatum, not only throughout this tournament, but throughout the rest of the season and moving forward in his career. If you can keep implementing that, if you don't have it, give it up. There's a good chance you're going to get it back, especially on this team. Ball movement is key. So 
I do agree that later in the game he might have just been trying to get his own offense. But that second quarter, I tell you from a Celtics perspective, that second quarter was brilliant. If, if they can bottle that second quarter and have Jason Tatum play like that most of the NBA season, he's going to have a breakout year. Uh, do you are you enjoying the the like the Celtics only moments there, John? Is that's the Reds Army, you know, and locked on Celtics host when you have like your three Celtics players all on the at one time. Sure, it feels like I'm watching a Celtics game sometimes. It's it's interesting to see how they work together, um, but it's it's also different enough. Where you get two other guys and you're running a different system and you're trying you're trying to do different things. So I wouldn't say it's it's quite uh, a direct comparison, but it is interesting to see those guys on the floor. I'm wondering when we're going to see all four of those guys on the floor together if that's going to happen, but. Uh, I, don't know, I, I think it's I think it's really cool, and for this Celtics team to have you know, especially with Kemba, the new guy after last season, to have this particular experience, I think this is a, a really cool thing for them, and and very very beneficial for the Celtics moving forward. It's been day one and two of action in the FIBA World Cup. I'm David Locke along with John Corrales. USA wins today over the Czech Republic. Let's run through some of the other scores and get to the chat room. Uh, France defeated Germany 78-74. What's notable about this game is that uh, France led 16-4 to at the end of one and 36-20 to at halftime and then only held on for a four-point win after Germany outscored them 54-43 to in their 42 in the second half. Uh, Evan Fournier had 26 points and 10 rebounds for France. Rudy Gobert played 30 minutes, had nine points, nine rebounds, two assists, and five block shots. Uh, the German team was led by 23 from Dennis Schroeder and 24 from Giannis Voigtman, who we have not heard of before, but he was a plus 28. And now we have Maxi Kleber had six points and went uh, just two of 10. Australia beat Canada earlier today. Uh, Joe Ingles had his usual all-around game uh, in that one, uh, other scores that have come in uh, thus far, Turkey defeated Japan. That's the USA's next two opponents, I believe, 86-67. Uh, to 67. Dominican Republic uh, won today over Jordan, 80-76. to 76. Uh, Lithuania beat Senegal, 101-47, to 54-point win there. Jonas Valanciunas had a double-double. Greece wins 85-60 to 60, uh, today. That's Giannis Adetokounmpo playing against Montenegro. And uh, uh, Georgius Papanakis of Greece, the mystery Sacramento draft pick who then uh, didn't get anything done, played in the NBA, had 15 points. Nick Kalithis, remember him? He played a little while for Memphis in the NBA, had five. Giannis played just 16 minutes, had 10 points. His brother uh, played 12 minutes, so they played that one fairly easy against Montenegro with a 25-point win. Uh, Who is your your team that you're keeping an eye on, John, that you think can really challenge the U.S.? Well, I mean, I think Serbia is the obvious choice. I mean, they've got got Jokic. They've got their big skilled uh they're going to be the toughest challenge i mean i think they're currently the favorite actually ahead of the united states even uh, i saw fiba power rankings that put serbia up ahead of the united states that's going to be a tough one because like we said before I mean, how do you guard jokic and and he we've seen him with denver make everybody better and now you've got that skilled uh team that's got cohesion uh it's it's going to be a very uh tough uh, tough matchup. Um, 
I think I think that's going to be that. And also, you know, the 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 U.S. also has already beaten Spain in an exhibition, but they're not going to be a pushover. I think in the knockout round, they're going to be uh, very very difficult. Uh, even Greece, Greece doesn't have depth, but Giannis is by far the best player, and we've seen Giannis against teams that don't know how to stop uh, the penetration. He can attack that U.S. That pick and roll is their their biggest defensive weakness. Just I can see Giannis dunking all over the Americans and and really really causing some problems. And it just so happens that they're in that group next to the U.S. Where after after this uh, round robin type of play, they are going to be in that same matchup. So Greece is going to be a, a roadblock for the United States, and and they're going to have to figure out how to deal with Giannis, if they just kind of let Giannis do his thing and stop everybody else or what. But uh, that's going to be a tough matchup as well. All right, some of the comments coming in. Uh, somebody said France may be uh, champion. A says that uh, France might be the champion. Uh, somebody, Jay Brown, 24, says Donovan is bad at defense. Celtic fans, LOL. Um, Marcus Smart is 100% the best player in the tournament. This means that John's listeners have come in here. Um, the Boston <laughs> yeah. homerism is strong, and I came for it. I love you, John. Uh, Joe Ingles had 13 points, five rebounds, and nine assists. Somebody gave me the complete box score. Um, so the overall take as we wrap up today on our first of the FIBA World Cup postgame shows, I think a slow start that reconfirmed all the concerns about the USA, followed by kind of that dominant, overwhelming talent performance of that the, that you'd expect the USA to have against the Czech Republic. Yeah, that's basically what it boils down to, but you know, from the U.S. side, Kemba is effortless. He's he's basically the best player on the floor so far. Uh, and, and as long as he can go out there, I think, what do you play in this game? 20, I'm looking at the box score here. I'm losing it, though. Not even 20 minutes. So I think when they're playing a better team, Kemba's going to be a much bigger factor. Uh, we've seen Donovan Mitchell be able to attack. I think, I think when... Push comes to shove. The best players will be on the floor for the United States. Uh, it's important to get these minutes spread out in these early games. And hopefully uh, guys like Chris Middleton can get their rhythm just in case they're, they're needed. But uh, I, think, I think the U.S., if they can clean up a lot of these things, can come out and, and really look good and, and reassert themselves as the favorite in this tournament. Well, USA Basketball will play their next matchup against a pretty poor Turkey team. We should see a little bit more, and then an even less good Japan team. Those are the next two matchups in pool players the USA expected to sweep. Uh, they come every other day for you. John and I will continue to be with you throughout the FIBA World Cup post-game show here coverage. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, whether it was on Twitch, whether it was on Facebook, whether it was on YouTube, or whether it was on Periscope. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for tuning in to the first edition of a Locked On Live uh, edition here. And please follow on all of those formats, Locked On Live on Twitter, on, po- on Periscope, virtually the same thing. Follow it as well on the Twitch stream uh, for you and the YouTube channel. Thank you very much for tuning in. On behalf of John, you can follow at Reds underscore. Wait a sec. Reds Army underscore John. That's it. Jeez. Come on, man. I've only had (laughs) one cup of coffee. Uh, At Reds Army underscore John. You can follow me at Lockdown Sports. Thanks very much for tuning on. Lockdown NBA podcast will come your direction all week long. Have a great Labor Day weekend if you're in the United States. If you're across the country or across the world, we look forward to talking to you again as the FIBA World Cup continues. Thanks very much.